You are listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. you have had problems with your computer? Have you ever had problems with your computer or your cell phone or another electronic device? Yeah, a, a good number of you. And Well, a few, a few years ago, I had a problem with my MacBook. The uh, screen protection, the screen coding uh, on the display was defective, and so it was affecting my camera image, and the camera image was getting cloudier and cloudier. Uh, you know, I was, so I would do these FaceTime calls or Skype calls, Zoom was not always a thing, people, okay? And the image was just getting cloudier and cloudier, and, you know, I should have gotten it fixed, but I decided just to adjust to it. How many of you have ever just adjusted to your problems, right? Uh, how many of you have done that? And, you know, I was trying to convince myself that it wasn't so bad, but the longer I waited, the more frustrated I got, and the worse the image Became. So obviously I had a problem, right? Obviously I had a problem, but I just kept adjusting to it until it became ridiculous. I eventually got it uh, fixed at the Apple store, and I'm glad that I did. And, you know, as we go through life, I, I believe that we inevitably end up going through relational problems. And when we go through these problems, we incur these things uh, like I call relational debts, It's the things that are done to us, the things that we do to others. We get betrayed. People talk behind our backs. Uh, We get hurt. Uh, Maybe in our homes growing up, there was abuse. Uh, Maybe harsh words were thrown around, or maybe there was physical abuse. And maybe we went through a number of things. And what happens is that if we aren't careful, rather than dealing with it, we end up adjusting to it. And just like the screen problem I had in my MacBook, which was affecting my camera image, these relational problems, these relational debts, they pollute, they are not our camera image, but they pollute our hearts. They pollute our souls, and they make them cloudier and cloudier. And, and so we have all these unresolved issues. And you know who pays the price for all these unresolved relational debts? It's those that we love the most. It's those that we are closest to that we take it out on. And it's kind of like this. Imagine your heart is like a bank. And imagine that a person comes along and takes a withdrawal on your heart bank. They criticize you, or they're not there for you, or they mistreat you. And, um, and, and so they make an unauthorized withdrawal. So what do you do then? What do most people do then? Well, they start demanding payback from everybody around them. They start taking it out on everybody else. And, you know, some people build up a nice exterior, but on the inside, uh, the pressure is growing and growing and growing until they explode. Many just carry it around, just completely weighed down by them, and they get damaged and they lose trust. Now, I don't know if you were ever hurt by a boss or uh, left an employer, but if you have, you may have said something like this. You know, I gave my time to that place. I gave my heart to that place. I gave everything to that place. And I will never trust a boss again like I trusted that boss. Maybe it's, a, uh, maybe it's your boyfriend and you say, you know, I, 
uh, gave my heart to that guy, and I will never give my heart to a guy like that again. Maybe it's a girlfriend, and you say, I gave my heart to that girl, and I will never give my heart to a girl like that again. It can also happen in a church. Maybe it's with a pastor or a leader or a church member, and you say that I am never going to trust church again. So I'm a Mets fan, and um, if you're a Mets fan, you, <laughs> you know that they're at the top of the division this year, uh, and sports commentators and broadcasters are saying that they could go to the World Series. Some say that with the team that they have, they could win the World Series. But you know this, if you're a Mets fan, we've been disappointed before. We have damaged trust. They will break my heart, <laughs> okay? <laughs> now, in our lives, um, you know, when trust is damaged, we start looking around and we start pulling back and we start protecting ourselves. Dr. Richard Rohr said, if you don't let God transform your pain, you will transfer your pain to others. If you don't let God transform your pain, you will transfer your pain to others. Some of us have grown up in homes that were filled with abuse. And what is going on there is that the person uh, that is doing the abuse is not allowing God to transform their pain. When they're doing this, they are transferring the pain that they've experienced onto you. And there are people who feel like the abuse that they experienced at home was their fault. And I want you to know today that if that was you, that that type of abuse is never your fault. There's nothing you ever did that requires you to deserve that type of treatment. I want to talk to you today about an opportunity that all of us have. It's an opportunity to stop and allow God to transform the hurts in our lives so we don't transfer them to our kids, to our family members, to our coworkers, to the world. The Bible calls it forgiveness. You know, we've been in this fall series called Freedom, uh, and we began with this idea that it's one thing to be free, it's another thing to live like we're free. Uh, you know, as free as we are, we don't always feel free, do we? And, and it's, so it's one thing to be free. It's another thing to live like we're free. And this series is helping us learn how to live like we are free. You know, there are things that weigh us down in life, that hold us back. Some things that make us feel like prisoners. Maybe it's anger or hurts or addictions or fears. We will all have areas of our lives where we need to experience freedom. Last week, we talked about identifying and processing the pain and the hurt that we have in our lives. And today, we want to talk about forgiveness. You know, after you identify the hurts and the pains that you have, you need to do something about it. You, you can't just stop there. You need to forgive. Forgiveness is how we transform our pain so we don't transfer our pain to others. If you have a Bible, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 18 today at this great story where God talks about the power of forgiveness. Now, before we bring up the verses on the screen, I want to set up this story in Matthew 18. The disciples are having a conversation with Jesus about who's the most powerful person. Who is the most powerful person in the kingdom of God? And they flat out ask Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom? And I think that Jesus, in his response, just blows their mind because what he does is he takes the least powerful person in the room. He takes the person that is the most vulnerable, a child, and he invites these children to him, to, to be with him. 
And he says, if you don't become like one of these kids, you won't be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. And here's what he meant. He meant that in our own hearts and our lives, we need to stay humble and open. The great things about kids is, is that they trust very easily, don't they? Their trust is not usually damaged. And, and so Jesus is saying that uh, for us, we, want, we need to have open hearts and open minds, humbling ourselves before God and humbling ourselves before others. And if we're going to do that, we're going to need to find healing from the things and the people who have hurt us. So let's pick it up in verse 21, where Peter comes to Jesus, and he asks this question specifically about forgiveness. It says in verse 21, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, Peter is being generous here with his forgiveness. It would have been considered generous in Peter's day to forgive somebody three times. But he's like, you know what? Jesus is a compassion guy, and I'm going to go big. I'm going I'm to ask him up to seven times. But Jesus' answer um, is very different than what Peter thinks is generous in terms of forgiveness. So Jesus answered in verse 22. He says this, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, I know all you math people out there are thinking 70 times seven, that's 490. Um, This person in my life, uh, their offenses probably number about 340, and they are at the end of the rope. They're at the end of the rope with me. But what Jesus means here is not that we keep count, but he's talking about 70 times seven because it's an amount that cannot be conveyed, right? Right? Even if somebody has legitimately damaged us, hurt us, I believe that what Jesus is getting at is the simple idea that if we hold on to unforgiveness, it hurts us more than it hurts anyone else. And if we're ever going to experience freedom, we have to deal with this area of our lives. So let's continue to look at these verses. Verses 23 to 25, we read, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. It's like a million dollars. That's, that's probably around what the amount would be in today's terms. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. So this servant owes millions of dollars, and the master demands payment. Now, this was a different time. You couldn't go through the legal system to get help. You were at the mercy of your master. And so what the master would do if you couldn't pay was he would sell you, he would sell your family, and he would sell all of your belongings, and you'd end up being a slave, okay? Now, the story is going to take a turn for the better, but it all starts here with acknowledging the debt, acknowledging the debt that the servant owes, And in our lives, if we are going to experience freedom from those things that are clouding up our soul, it's going to start by acknowledging the debt. Now, there's a true story of a French woman who was changing from one cell phone carrier to another, and when she got her first bill from the new carrier, guess how much it was? It was 15 quadrillion dollars. Now, that's more money than exists in the world. And so, you know, of course, she called them and said, hey, you know, what is going on? I've got this bill. And so what they did is they argued with her, and then they tried to set her up on an installment plan. (laughs) 
So after a few more calls, she was able to let them work out the problem, and she, she didn't uh, end up owing more money than, uh, than she thought. The, uh, there's another woman who uh, ended up owing $201,000, and uh, part of uh, her plan, who was, there were, uh, her brothers who were hearing impaired were on her plan, and they enjoyed downloading a lot of data, they enjoyed texting, and so as she was looking at the 43 pages of this bill, she realized that one of her brothers had been in Canada doing a lot of texting and downloading a lot of videos. And one video alone cost $2,500. And so to her horror, she realized that this bill was her fault. Like she was responsible for the entire amount. And so she called the company. Um, they negotiated it down to about 2,500. I think I probably would have just wiped it all out entirely, but they negotiated it down to about 2,500. And then they started her on an installment plan <laughs> until she paid it all back. Um, so uh, two women, right? Um, each of these women had a debt. They had to acknowledge the debt in order to move forward. One woman couldn't possibly pay back what was owed and acknowledge that it was ridiculous. The other woman had to acknowledge that the debt was accurate but couldn't pay it and needed help uh, to pay off the debt. And so when it comes to the debt with God that we owe for our sin, it is more, listen, it's more than $15 quadrillion. We can never repay the debt that we owe to God for our sin. But the amazing thing is that God did, the amazing thing that he did is that he paid the entire debt through Jesus Christ. Listen, no one will ever owe you more than what you owe God. No one. No one will ever owe you more than what you owe God. So God has done so much for you and I. God sent his son to rescue us, to give us new life, no matter how much someone wrongs us or uh, has hurt us. Um, this person doesn't ever owe you a debt that is more than the debt that you owe God for your sin. And the amazing thing is about God is that he paid it and he has released us from it. So first you have to acknowledge it. Maybe for some of you, because you haven't acknowledged it, you're taking it out on your kids, you're taking it out on your friends, you're taking it out on your family members, when in reality, the debt needs to be acknowledged. There is hurt, there is pain that needs to be acknowledged. So first, you have to acknowledge it. Uh, when I first became a, a follower of Jesus, you know, I read a lot in the Bible about forgiveness, and that was a good thing for me, personally, but you know, the more I read the Bible, the more I realized that there's a lot of talk about forgiveness for others, and I couldn't understand why is there so much talk about forgiving others. But you know what? The longer that I've lived, um, the more I realize the need for forgiving others. The more hurt that I've experienced, the more pain I've experienced, the more offenses that I've experienced. And, 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 and so the, the longer I live, I also have opportunities to forgive as well. I have more opportunities to forgive. And believe me, one of the hardest things, and you know this if you've tried to forgive people, it's one of the hardest things that we will ever do, but it's one of the best things that we can do. And we have to remember that it doesn't happen quick, okay? So, you know, I, I'll share a little story uh, about an experience that I had uh, with, with forgiveness, forgiving another person. And, you know, it, it was a person who uh, hurt me dip, deeply in the past, and I prayed for God to allow me to forgive him. And so I went and I set up a meeting and I asked 
this person, uh, well, I showed, I, I explained to this person how he hurt me, and I told him that, hey, I forgive him. And then um, after our meeting, uh, he went and he continued to gossip about me, and, he'd continue, and then he even more than that tried to turn others against me. Now, I was really ticked right at that point. Not only was he, had he been gossiping about me, but after we had a meeting, he went out and he did stuff far, even worse than what he had done to me originally. And so I had to come back to God and say, God, help me to forgive this person because it wasn't easy. And I remember several months after that uh, experience, I remember driving home and pulling into the driveway and I was... Um, you know, it was kind of had one of those daydreams um, that, that we all have sometimes. I was daydreaming for maybe like 10, 15 seconds as I was pulling in the driveway. And I, when I popped out of the daydream, and I, this daydream, just so you know, was about this guy. Like I was, I was daydreaming about this, this experience, this situation, and the emotions were flooding back into my heart and mind. And, and so I popped out of this daydream, and there I am with my hands clenched to my steering wheel so tightly that when I, op- when I looked down at my knuckles, they were white. White as I was choking this guy right in my daydream. <laughs> and, you know, I thought to myself, here I am, you know, it's several months later, I'm a pastor, you know, I had sat down with him and told him I forgive him, you know, I prayed with him and, and all of that. And here I am in my car all these months later, doing him harm in my dream, you know? But that's how much of a process forgiveness can be. If someone has really done damage, if someone has really hurt you, forgiveness doesn't happen quick. Sometimes it's very long and difficult process, but it's, it's the only road to freedom. It starts, friends, with acknowledging what has happened. So maybe for some of you this week, it's an opportunity to sit back and look at life and to humble yourself and acknowledge the hurt and pain, to acknowledge that your trust has been damaged. And I believe that by doing this, it will lead you to the next step, which is to release the debt, to release the debt. Let's look at Matthew uh, chapter 18 again, verse 26. Uh, So this uh, same servant that we just read about before, this servant fell on his knees before him. He said, be patient with me, he begged and I will pay back everything. In this story, the master is God. And he looks at us in our brokenness and pain with our debt, being greater than anything that we could ever repay. But God here is showing us that he's still willing to forgive us, and he's still willing to move and work in our lives. Friends, when you realize the debt that God has released you from, then your responsibility is first to release yourself and then to release others. Release yourself and then release others. First, you have to release yourself. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, when you become a follower of Jesus and you trust him for salvation, the Bible says that the price of our sins and debts was put on Jesus. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, we see that. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God met us in the middle of the mess, in the middle of our brokenness, and put us back together. First, you got to release yourself. You know, many of you hear this message of God's love for you. You sing about it at church services when you come here, but you find yourself coming to church and still believing that God really doesn't forgive you. Or you believe that he forgives you, but he doesn't really tolerate you, uh, that he doesn't really love you all that much, that he simply tolerates you. I want you to receive God's forgiveness today and believe that Jesus has 
accepted you, that God has accepted you. And no matter what others have said about you or what you've experienced or no matter what you've gone through in life, you are loved by God. And, and as you trust God for salvation, right, you have a hope to hang on to. So first, I want you to release yourself. Lewis Smead says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Uh, this summer, I met a guy who shared some things that he did in the past, uh, some pretty bad things, and um, he still struggles with releasing um, himself, forgiving himself. Uh, and, you know, friends, if we believe God's word, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness, then we can be confident that God really has done that. He has really done that. And, you know, I think um, a lot of us who are struggling with things that have happened in the past, and uh, we, we struggle with really believing that God forgives us. And I want to encourage you today to just stop asking God for forgiveness, to stop asking God for forgiveness. Release yourself. Believe God at his word that he's going to do what he has promised. He has forgiven you of all your past sins. He's forgiving you of your sins that you're committing presently. And he's going to forgive you of all the sins to come. You have received God's forgiveness. So move on with your lives. You know, last week at the end of the sermon, we prayed a prayer. It was out of Psalm 51. It was the prayer of King David in the Old Testament. And it's a prayer of repentance. And you know what David did? He did some horrible things. He committed murder. He committed adultery. And he went through this period of mourning and praying that prayer of forgiveness in Psalm 51. And you know what he did when he was done asking for forgiveness? He got up, he washed his face, and he ate breakfast. And some of you today, you need to get up, you need to wash your face, and have breakfast, and believe that God has forgiven you for the things that you've done. You got to move on with your life. Accept that you were released by Christ, then release yourself, then release others. Now, uh, let's talk about releasing others. You know, forgiving others, what it doesn't mean is that uh, they won't face the consequences for what they did. Some will have to face the consequences, you know, through the justice system if it's that bad. Um, it doesn't mean that trust is restored, and now you invite that person back into your life, the one who broke trust with you. Trust can take a long time to rebuild. Forgiveness, what it is, is simply this. It means that you are releasing the desire for payback. You're releasing the desire for revenge, and you're giving that person to God. Here's, a, here's the single most powerful thing that I've experienced when it comes to forgiving others, to releasing the debt of others, and it's prayer. You know, when you first start praying for someone, you know, that dad who walked out on you, who should have been there, that friend who gossiped about you, who should have been loyal, that boss who mistreated you, who shouldn't have treated you like that. When you first start praying for somebody like that, um, you know, it might sound something like this. Show them, God. Show them how horrible a person that they are and the horrible things that they did to me. It might start there, but if you keep praying for them, I guarantee you that if you're praying for them in an authentic way, it might take weeks, it might take months, but if you pray for them, for someone who's really hurt you, you are well on your way down the road of freedom because you are releasing that debt. Forgiveness is allowing God to transform your pain so that you don't transfer your pain 
to others. Let's continue to look at Matthew 18, verses 28 to 33. It's a, uh, so the, um, before we uh, read this, uh, verse 28, the servant has just been forgiven his million-dollar debt, okay? Um, and then he goes to this other guy who's a fellow servant, and um, he demands the debt that he owes, which is only a few thousand dollars. And so the implication in what we're going to see here is that God has forgiven us a huge debt. Okay, so it says, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and they went and they told their master everything that had happened. This is the master that had forgiven this other servant of his million-dollar debt. Then the master called in the servant, and he said, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? That is the question, and that is the question that we will all face on Judgment Day. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow person, just as I have had mercy on you? The debt we owe God is so tremendous, and he has released your debt so that you can release the debt of others. Mike Singletary, a Hall of Fame Chicago Bears football player, at the top of his career when his team won the Super Bowl, and he was voted most valuable player, and he signed the highest-paying contract extension of his career, was so frustrated spiritually and so empty that he cried out to God. He said, Lord, I'm supposed to be your son, and you don't talk to me anymore. You don't use me. You don't do anything. I don't understand this. Mike said in that moment, God's spirit told him two things. One, you got to square up some issues in your life, and two, you got to forgive your father. Mike's father divorced Um, Mike's mom when Mike was 12 years old and he abandoned the family and he had so much confusion and bitterness over this that God in this moment said that you need to start the process of forgiveness. Mike said what people don't understand about forgiveness is you were the one in prison. You were the one that's going to be hurting. When I finally forgave my father, the Lord began to change my life. Had it not been for Jesus, I would have ended up divorced and I would have only known my kids at a distance. God took Mike from a place of brokenness and transformed him by his grace and gave him the ability to forgive his father and find healing and move forward from there. Friends, that freedom is available to you today if you lean in and you allow God to transform your pain. Maybe some of you are here today and you've allowed your heart and soul to get cloudy like the camera on that MacBook and you're just adjusting to it. But the good news is that your camera image can be crystal clear. Your heart and your soul can be cleared out and purified. It could be a very long process. It will be hard, but it will be worth it. Maybe you've been hurt by a friend or family member or by someone in the church, by an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, or maybe by the spouse that you're with now. And you're in this situation where you keep carrying it around. The best thing that you can do is acknowledge the debt God has paid for you and then pray for these people who have hurt you and then release the debt. Some practical steps that I want to leave you with today. I I, I want you this week to commit to releasing yourself, to ask God to help you understand the love and forgiveness that he has shown you in Jesus and how great it is. I want you to slow down in your busy world, meditate on that, 
because it's only by understanding the extent of God's forgiveness for you that you can extend forgiveness to others who've hurt you. Second thing I want you to do uh, this week is to release others. You know, last week we committed to meditate on who might be the source of our pain, the source of our hurt. Um, Let's take some time this week to forgive these people. I don't want you to rush it. I want you to take some time every day and pray for the same people that you're having a hard time forgiving. Um, And then I believe that God's going to change your heart in the process. So we're going to be making some prayers for you to do this available online. You can just go to our front page on our website and you'll see freedom. Um, Click on that uh, part of the front page and then you'll see prayer resources on top of the other page. And uh, you'll have prayers there that you can pray word for word. You 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 can adjust the content of those prayers, or you can just come up with your own prayers. Maybe if you're in a life group, you could take the opportunity um, to do that when you meet this week. So I want to close by, by praying together. And you know, one of the things that we've been doing in this message series is we've done things a little bit differently as we close. Um, we want to take some time to sit and be still and pray together. So we're going to pray a prayer together. And I want to ask that you really lean into this in your hearts. Some of you might want to pray the prayer, repeat after me out loud. Others might want to just pray it in their hearts. But I want to just take a moment and allow God to search our hearts and just be open. Maybe, maybe God is showing you someone you need to forgive. Maybe a name is popping up in your head right now. Maybe that person is you. Maybe it's uh, someone else. But there's power literally in saying the person's name. So if you feel comfortable today, just say that person's name when we pray the prayer. Say it under your breath. You know, that person that um, has caused you pain, you can also in your hearts acknowledge the pain that they've caused you and then release that person and that offense to God. So let's pray together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Uh, Let's pray that prayer. And if you like, you can repeat after me out loud. Father, we release that person today and what they did to us. We are no longer going to carry around that offense, that debt. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, as as I close us here today in prayer, Lord, I trust that you will believe this prayer, that you will respond to this prayer that has just been prayed by the people who prayed it. God, thanks for your forgiveness. Thanks that um, you have extended that forgiveness to us and that you have shown us your love. And God, I I pray that as we've just acknowledged the the pain and the the person in our hearts who has hurt us, that uh, we would have healing, that we would experience freedom, we would experience forgiveness and be able to to extend that forgiveness to others. Thanks, God, for what you've done for us that's imaginably more than all we could ever imagine. That our, the debt that we owed was far greater than anything we could ever repay, but because of Jesus, you have forgiven it. And Lord, we pray all these things in your son's precious name, the one who we have the hope to forgive through. Amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.